Good morning, gentlemen. It's Thursday, and it's raining. Dude, last, last Thursday was the first Thursday since Christmas that it had not rained. You know? I, I know, because Marek's got this dip in his driveway where I'm staying, and it's full of water, and somebody needs to give Marek some ducks, because that much water needs ducks in it. So I'm deep into the earth behind us, said our goodbyes at the grave, but everything reminds us, God knows, we ache when he asks us to go on. How do we go on? We will sing to our souls. We won't bury our hope. Where he leads us to go, there's a Red Sea road. When we can't see the way, he will part the waves and we'll never walk alone down a Red Sea road. May you hear the voice of God, and may it open your hearts to what God has for us this morning. We buried dreams, laid them deep into the earth behind us, our goodbyes the grave but everything reminds us i know sweet eh? we will sing to our souls we won't bury our hope where he leads us we will part the waves and we'll never walk alone down the red sea trust when you say you will deliver us from all of this pain that threatens to take over us this day so we'll to our souls we won't bury our hope where he leads us to go there's a rest when we can't see the way, he will part the waves, and we'll never walk alone down the Red Sea Road. Oh, help us believe you are faithful, you're faithful, and our hearts are breaking. You are faithful, you're faithful. Our souls, we won't bury our hope where he leads us to go. There's a rest.
may we all find the Red Sea Road. Be on the alert. Stand firm in your faith. Act like men. Be strong. Words from 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Follow with me as we read our introductory paragraph, continuing in our series, Into the Wilderness, Understanding and Embracing the Dark Times of Our Life. Words translated as wilderness occur nearly 300 times in the Bible. Wilderness seasons are brutal, but God is powerfully at work in the wilderness seasons of our lives. The only question is, do we have eyes to see it? In order for God to give us the choice whether or not to trust Him, He must present us with a moment, a year, a week of crisis. And since He wants us to seek Him, seek help from Him, He brings us through the wilderness to remove all other help first. When we're in a wilderness season, it's easy to lose sight of God's protection, provision, and preparation. We might even wonder, how can I trust God's goodness when I'm in this desolate place? But remember Jesus? He went through the ultimate wilderness, the desolation and humiliation of dying under the curse of God. If that is the measure of God's love and commitment to us, we can trust Him in our own wilderness seasons. Let's journey together. This morning, um, I want to take us through um, a, a summary of my good high school friend's book, The Red Sea Rules. Ten God-given strategies for difficult times. Um, these are thoughts from Robert... Morgan's uh, book. Now, Robert is a very gifted uh, pastor. He's been the pastor at Donaldson Fellowship uh, for over 30 years, probably closer to 40 years. He and I went to high school together. He's a ghostwriter for David Jeremiah, written a number of books himself. The one that I'm reading right now that just came out is... Um, a hundred Bible verses that shaped America. Fantastic book, and it goes through a hundred Bible verses of how they influenced our leaders in the shaping of our country. I would highly recommend that you get that book. But I would certainly, in light of our series, want you to read Robert's book, The Red Sea Rules, and we're going to do a summary of it this morning. Robert and I went to high school together. Uh, he was a year ahead of me, and he was the high school basketball manager. Uh, he was the manager of the basketball team. I was on the basketball team. Um, I was a whole lot better in my head than I was on the court. And as years have gone by, I've continued to increase in my legacy. It's just that uh, nothing works from the neck down anymore. And... Um, Robert was a strong uh, Christian in high school. His mother, man, she was tough. She was the typing teacher and in charge of the school newspaper. And you did not want to mess with Miss Morgan. She, as we would say in East Tennessee, she would jerk a knot. And he was so laid back and just really cool. And everybody loved Mr. Morgan. 
And Mr. Morgan and Mrs. Morgan taught my mother and father in high school, and they were still there when I was in high school. And so Robert was the high school basketball manager, and I was just too school too cool for school because I was on the basketball team, and Robert was a little awkward, and you know he was he was not cool. I was cool. And so uh, years go by, and I'm way too cool for myself. And I mean, God takes me in the wilderness and breaks me, and I'm really in a desperate place. A friend of mine leads me to Jesus. I come to Christ in just a uh, puddle of tears, surrendered, so broken and so scared. And Jesus changes my life. And um, shortly thereafter, at that time, Robert was at Columbia Bible College in Columbia, South Carolina. And I call up the high school basketball manager, and I tell him that I've come to Christ. And he drives from Columbia to Knoxville, and we go to Gatlinburg and spend the weekend at Motel Nothing. And I'm, I remember two beds, a lamp, and a TV, and I'm sitting in the floor, and Robert Morgan is walking me through the Bible, and he takes me through the whole Bible in a weekend. Robert Morgan, the guy that was not cool in high school, but the guy that I want to be like now. And this morning, what I want to do is I want to take Robert's very gifted, pastorly um, thoughts, and I want to give you a basketball player's thoughts on his thoughts. So before we do, I want you to pick up your pen, and I've got three questions for you. Let's go to work. Deliberate and intentional digging in. First question I invite you to respond to is, what is your strategy for the wilderness? When you, when you get into the wilderness, if you were to have that phone call happen this afternoon and you would find yourself in the wilderness, like many of us have in a heartbeat, and your whole life changed this afternoon at 2 o'clock, what would be your strategy? What would you do? What would you do? Some of us are innies and some of us are outies. You know, some of us turn inward. We're like belly buttons. Some of us take all of our pain and all of our hurt and we turn inward. I met a new innie this week. He's a new friend. He was uh, dealing with a lot of anxiety and depression. And when we finished our time together, um, I invited him to read my book. Of course, he had to buy it first. But if he bought it, you know, he could read it, you know. Um, and, um, he, um, sent me a, a text the next day and he said, he said, um, I'm a turtle read the book. He's an any, and he was, he was so perplexed at how he was going to get out of this depression and anxiety. Depression and anxiety was only the symptoms. That was only the leaf on the tree. The root system was all eat up with isolation and a whole bunch of stuff uh, from his background. We started talking about his mother. And he's at, he's, he, he's, he asked me, what, why are you asking me about my mama? Well, um, he figured that out by the end of the session. 
So some of us go any, and then some of us go outies. You know, some of us don't have headaches. We give headaches. You know, you're in a tough spot and you make life miserable for everybody else. Or a lot of us do everything we can to avoid the any or the Audi, and we just go to our addiction. We just start ordering cheese pizzas at two o'clock in the morning because we're really hungry. I mean, isn't everybody hungry at 2 a.m. in the morning? You know, I, I, I sat with a wife this week and she was telling me that her husband always got up in the middle of the night and made scrambled eggs. And I'm thinking, he ain't making scrambled eggs. He might be making scrambled eggs, but that ain't the reason he's up. You'll never convince me of that. I'm a little cynical at this time of my life, you know. What do you do? What do you do? Second question I would ask you, what have you seen others do when they are in the wilderness that works? Who, who's been a model that, that a, a guy's gone through the wilderness and, and you're like standing back like, wow, man, the way, the way he's handling that, dude, I would be a mess. Do you have anybody that's been a model for you that's been helpful? Or, again, you've got people in your life now going through wilderness, and look at what doesn't work. What doesn't work? And it's like just those pieces that I just went through. They get depressed, they isolate, or they make it miserable for everybody else, or they just go to their addiction. Doesn't work. Third and final question, who do you know that's in the wilderness now? And that may be you. Be courageous enough just to put your own name down there. I'm going through the wilderness. It's okay. A problem that's not acknowledged cannot be resolved. A problem that stays in the um, denial will go unresolved. Okay? So I want you to take a couple minutes and turn to your partner, make a new friend, and interact with any one of those questions um, that you would. Introduce yourself, share a little bit, don't do all the sharing, listen to your buddy, make a friend. All right, let's continue. And I, I hope uh, that it was a dialogue and not a monologue. I cannot protect you from a monologue. If you got stuck in a monologue, bless your heart. I know it's a risk when I invite it, you to turn, that you don't get to talk. All right, my turn. Let's continue. Ten God-given strategies for difficult times. Robert Morgan's book, that again, I would recommend that you get it. He says this in the preface, and so much of what he's writing about relative to the Red Sea comes out of Asaph's Psalm, Psalm 77. It's the backdrop for so much of uh, how the children of Israel dealt with the Red Sea. Asaph starts Psalm 77 like this. Just to read the first verse. 
I yell out to my God. I yell with all my might. I yell at the top of my lungs. He listens. Just checking to see if you're awake. Now, guys, what if we started church like that every Sunday? Well, hey, now we got something going, right? But, I mean, you know, my mama would have said, no, you can't talk that way to God. That's what my mama would have said. Mammal, you know? And it's just like, no, when you're in the wilderness, that's exactly the way you talk to God. Help. And he responds. He listens. Robert Morgan writes this at the end of the preface. The Red Sea may roll before us. The desert may entrap us. The enemy may press on our heels. The past may seem implausible and the future impossible, but God works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way of escape for His weary but waiting children. Psalm 43, 19, I, the Lord, will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Isaiah eleven fifteen. the Lord will utterly make a way to cross on foot. Again, reference to the Red Sea. You can trust God. This is 1 Corinthians 10, 13. You can trust God. He will not let you be tested more than you can stand. But when you are tested, He will also make a way out so that you can bear it. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No sea is deeper than the ocean of His love. There is no army stronger than His hosts. No force greater than His throne of grace. No enemy who can overcome his direct and indirect work in our lives. The reality of the Red Sea, in a word, is this. God will always make a way for his tired yet trusting children, even if he must split the sea to do it. <coughs> need to write this sentence down because I heard Robert Morgan share it on an interview. I'd never thought about this. And Robert Morgan said this, the Red Sea is to the Old Testament as the resurrection is to the New Testament. Isn't that cool? The Red Sea is the event that all the Old Testament people talked about. You know, we talk in conservative evangelical circles about being saved. When did you get saved? Did you get saved? Are you saved? You saved? When, when did you get saved? You know what the Old Testament people would say? Red Sea. That's when we got saved. Red Sea. And of course, you know, what that's intended to elicit from us is when I understood the resurrection. That's when I got saved. When I understood that Jesus died and didn't stay in that grave, and up from the grave he arose. The Red Sea parted. Dead people walk. Broken college students come alive. So, ten strategies. Robert's number one strategy is realize that God means for you to be where you are. You're in the wilderness, God means for you to be there. Remember, when you're in the wilderness, dark times, God placed or allowed you 
to be there. Now, the old basketball player would put it this way. You is where you is. You is where you is. It's not an accident. Now, that's hard. It may be even that you're where you is because it's your fault. You made some bad decisions or others made decisions and you were betrayed. It may be that you have lost somebody that you were really close to, a husband, a wife, a child. But you is where you is. Turn over to Exodus 14 and this whole um, drama works out in Exodus 14. I don't know that we'll have time to go through this whole passage, but Exodus 14 and 15 are in your notes. First two verses, God spoke to Moses, tell the Israelites to turn around and make camp at Piharath between Migdal and the sea, camp on the shore of the sea opposite Baal Zephon. God knew exactly where they were. He brought them to that place. And as we've talked about in previous weeks, they could have done a straight trek right along the Mediterranean Sea, which would have been a great walk in 11 days, going right up the coast of the Mediterranean Sea from Egypt to Canaan. But God takes them southeast, up around the wilderness, and it's just like, what's God doing? God has a plan. One of the most critical truths that was taught to me as a young Christian at the University of Tennessee is what we call the sovereignty of God, that God is sovereign. And that means that there is nothing that happens outside of God's hand. He either directs it or allows it, but He's not on vacation. And when that was taught to me, <clears throat> I had just gotten a pink slip from the University of Tennessee that they indicated to me that they were going to continue without me. And it kind of hurt my feelings. <clears throat> but evidently, they didn't need me. And they were sure were. Ray Mears was certainly not looking for a basketball player of my caliber. And so they were going to continue without me. And this um, guy that had been discipling me, Dwight Hunt, he opens up Genesis chapter 50, and he shares the verse with me that where Joseph spoke to his brothers who had sold him into slavery. And Joseph said to his brothers, what you guys meant for evil, God meant for good. Somehow, God has used the worst circumstances in my life to bring good. And he does that for all of us. Now, that's critical, guys. I mean, that is number one, number one. That's right out of the blocks. If you can't get that straight, then you're going to be like owning a house in Bellhaven. Your foundation is not secure. Something like that. That just popped into my head, you know. I'm not ADD, but I'm having fun. Okay? You got foundation problems if you don't get number one anchored in. Okay, number two, Robert Morgan says a strategy is to be more concerned for God's glory than for your relief. The old basketball player just simply says, it's not about you, it's about God. Now guys, that is so important because when I'm in the wilderness, I want out. 
<laughs> I don't really, you know, unless I really read my Bible, want God to be glorified. I just want the pain to stop, right? But I'm telling you, you know, if we're going to call ourselves Jesus followers, God lovers, it's like, mm, God's working something out. Now listen in Exodus 14, verse 3 and 4. Pharaoh will think, the Israelites are lost, they're confused, the wilderness has closed in on them. Then I'll make Pharaoh's heart stubborn again and he'll chase them and I'll use Pharaoh and I'll use. You need to underline that little phrase right there. And I'll use. I'll use your health issue. I'll use your business circumstance. I'll lose your foolishness. I'll use somebody else's betrayal of you. I'll use your addiction. I'll use the loss of a loved one. I'll use Pharaoh in whatever form or shape Pharaoh comes into your life and his army to. And then Phil Harden will realize who God is. Strategy number three acknowledge your enemy, but keep your eyes on the Lord. That's what Robert says. The old basketball player simply says, focus, take your ADD meds. You know, focus, focus. Where's your eyes? Yes, your circumstances are bad. I, I would never want to sit with you, and I sure wouldn't want you to sit with me and somehow try to explain to me how minimal my pain is. That's insulting. We honor one another's pain. We respect it. It is bad. The Israelites were being pursued by the Egyptians. That's bad. Yet God made a way of deliverance, and Satan can do us no lasting harm when we're enclosed by the grace of Christ. The wilderness experiences are for our good. I want to read something to you. You know, um, I, I have forgotten to bring my the the, the uh, broken arrow journal, but when we first started this series, I invited you to put a sticky entry uh, into take a sticky pad and just write something that you would want to offer a guy going through a difficult time, and we call those broken arrow moments. Broken arrow, and uh, one of our good friends who's in the room this morning, he wrote this. Anxiety. Are you feeling anxious? Are you going through a dark period in your life? To my surprise, my wife, now my ex, filed for divorce and turned my kids against me. This turned my life upside down. I didn't see it coming. And during that dark period in my life and through the custody battle, I experienced several times where I would feel anxious through my walk with the Lord. I, I found hope in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. 
What's your strategy? What are you going to do when you're going through difficult times? Strategy number four. Robert Morgan writes, pray. The old basketball player just simply says, you need intimacy. I think in some ways, and maybe this is more of a projection of my own issues than it is anything about you, but I think in many ways we just need to drop the word prayer. <coughs> Excuse me. And rather than being so label-oriented with prayer, because it's become so religious or so rote, we simply need to say, you know, let's bow our heads and let's have an intimate moment with God. Let's, let's engage intimately with God. That's what prayer is meant to be. And man, we need intimacy. Look at um, in verse 10. As Pharaoh approached, now that's prayer. That's like Asa's prayer. They cried out. That's not, well, let's bow our heads and give the rope prayer that we've given every day for the last 20 years. Mm -mm. They told Moses, weren't the cemeteries large enough in Egypt so that you had to take us out here in the wilderness to die? I mean, that's hilarious. I mean, we could have been buried in, in a nice cemetery in Egypt. What have you done to us, taking us out of Egypt? Back in Egypt, didn't we tell you this would happen? Didn't we tell you, leave us alone here in Egypt? We're better off as slaves in Egypt than as corpses in the wilderness. Cry out to God. Cry out to Jesus, as the song we played last week says. Cry out to Jesus. Don't pray religiously. Cry out. Get on your knees and just surrender. Not to be religious, but to be connected to the God of the universe. It's about connection. Guideline number five, Robert Morgan says, stay calm and confident and give God time to work. The old basketball player says, don't panic. Slow everything down. Restore order. Slow it down. Slow it down. In Exodus 14, verse 13, Moses spoke to the people, don't be afraid. Hear that? Slow it down. Don't be afraid. Everybody calm down. Calm down. Stand firm and watch God do His work of salvation for you today. Take a good look at the Egyptians today, for you're never going to see them again. I mean, listen to that. I mean, that is, that is like faith. Take a good look at them, because somehow, I don't know how, but God's going to wipe them out. God will fight the battle for you, and you, you keep your mouth shut. You keep your mouth shut. Quit complaining. All blame and criticism must stop. It is a childish response to the wilderness. Stop complaining. Guideline number six, Robert Morgan writes, when unsure, just take the next logical step by faith. The old basketball player just simply says, walk by faith. Walk by faith. I was a director of men's ministry uh, for a number of years, for uh, three years. 
Um, I realized that that wasn't um, a good fit for me, kind of a square peg in a round hole. I love my friends at First Pres, and I resigned. And I'll never forget one of the guys on the staff, he pulls me into his office and says, what, what are you going to do? I hear you're leaving. What are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to walk with God. Trust. No, 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 no. I don't mean spiritually. I mean, how are you going to feed your family? And I said, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to walk by faith. And sometimes we can get so comfortable doing church that we forget that it's about being connected to God. You know, quit doing the business and start doing business with God. It's about a relationship. And then number seven, envision God's enveloping presence is what Robert Morgan says. The old basketball player just simply says imagination is critical. Close your eyes. What do you see? What do you see? I see an, uh, God's angel armies riding up over the hill like in Braveheart. God will let us feel His comforting presence just as He let the Israelites know of His care and presence through the angel of God in the pillar of cloud. I mean, God gave them just incredible uh, visions of His power. Guideline number eight, Robert Morgan writes, trust God to deliver in His own unique way. The old basketball player just simply said, God is an artist. God is an artist. I want you to see his artistry this morning. Jeff's dug into the archives of the Israelites, and we actually have the video of the parting of the Red Sea. Watch this. The Lord of hosts will do battle for us. the water, his will be done. He opens the waters before them, and he bars our way with fire. Let us go from this place. Men cannot fight against a god. Better to die in battle with a god than live in shame. Praise God and down into it!
Are you saved? Are you saved? And for generations, the Israelites would say, the Red Sea, God saved us. Are you saved? Guideline number nine, Robert Morgan writes, view your current crisis as a faith builder for the future. The old basketball player just simply says, build your faith muscle. Every morning I do 24 burpees. I could do 36 or I could do 12. I do 24. And it's just consistency. I've seen a lot of results just by doing 24. I know you athletes want me to do 50, you know. And, the, and some of you that don't do anything, you're amazed that I do anything. It's build your muscle. Build your muscle. It's just consistency. I'm going to walk with God. I'm going to walk with God. And finally, strategy for handling the wilderness is don't forget to praise Him. It's what Robert Morgan writes. The old basketball player simply just says, practice gratitude and attitude. Practice gratitude. Gratitude. Um, Exodus 15 is the first psalm. All the hymns of Christendom are, are born out of Exodus 15. You need to read Exodus 15 because it's the first time that the Israelites break into song. They've been saved. Just to read a portion of that. I'm singing my heart out to God. What a victory. He pitched horse and rider into the sea. God is my strength. God is my song. And yes, God is my salvation. This is the kind of God I have. And I'm telling the world, this is the God of my Father. I'm spreading the news far and wide. God is a fighter, pure God, through and through. He ain't nice. He ain't nice. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is His name. That's what it says in your study Bible. And all. Guys, the wilderness is real. Some of you are there. Some of you have been there. And some of you are headed there. But one of the things that makes me respect God so much is that He's not uh, apologetic about using the wilderness to mold us and shape us and to connect with us. May you journey through the wilderness well, and may you find the Red Sea Road. The Red Sea Road. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you so much for your imaginative artistry. Um, that you take us on a journey that is just um, such a uh, filled with billboards um, of your uh, care for us, your reminder of who you are and what you're doing in our lives. Keep us attuned to you in a way that brings honor to you and healing to us. Thank you for our time this morning in Jesus' name. Amen.